0: Let's face it, we don't know what we don't know. We all had times in our life when we realized that ignorance isn't bliss after all. In today's episode, we'll be talking through our spin on the cycle that psychology calls the four stages of competence. Now, those four stages in order are unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, development, and ultimately conscious competence. Each of us are always moving through this process of discovery, awareness, learning, and growth. Believe me when I say, it isn't always comfortable, but it's good for us if we want to grow. Come on, let's get this thing started.
1: Hi, I'm Melody Hilton.
0: And I'm Joel Hilton.
1: And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today we are talking about a process of developing competencies. Uh, And this is a process we are always going through of realizing that, hey, maybe we're not as competent in an area as we thought and and where we go from there. So um, this is a process I believe that there's an actual name for. Do you want to share that, Dr. Melody? Yes. In psychology, it
2: causes, it calls it, conscious competence learning model. So when we understand and the stages of developing competency, it's a learning process. And the more we understand the process, that it's normal for every person on the planet, uh, that this is what we go through to develop competencies, it really gives us the courage so we don't get stuck somewhere in that process, bail out the ship and quit and say, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, but just recognizing it's a part of the process. And if we go through the process, on the other side, we're gonna come out much more competent and much more enjoying life because we're releasing uh, really what God's put on the inside of us. And that's what we want for people.
1: Yeah, that's really good. So um, basically, if we want to mature in life, whether it's natural areas, spiritual areas, or even if we want to develop skill sets, mm-hmm. um, that this is an important pr- process to understand. Because as you said, when you understand something, you can actually apply it. Uh, so so this is a really powerful um, concept to even, to even grasp. So uh, do we want to get right into what sure. these four stages are? One thing I wanted to say
2: about what you were talking about, the Bible says we perish for lack of knowledge. So we want to bring some knowledge to the table so that we don't cast off restraint or give up or throw the towel in. Mm -hmm. And so the first stage, this is the one. I mean, we love this one. We've been doing it our whole lives. (laughs) And that is the dreaming stage, which is we are an unconscious incompetent, meaning we're incompetent, but we have no clue that we're in, incompetent. So we're just dreaming, you know, it's just like uh, my grandkids talking about, oh, I'm going to be a professional football player. <laughs> you know, we dream about all these things we want to do and, and we, we have all, I'm going to be a firefighter or whatever it is, but we have no clue that we're incompetent in our abilities to do that.
1: So basically ignorance is bliss. <laughs> temporarily. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is the stage where uh, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Uh, you're just living your life. You're dreaming your dreams. Um, the sky is the limit. Um, and maybe you haven't faced those obstacles that then cause you to realize that um, the dreams are not, you know, easy peasy. These are things that really have to be worked at and they're going to require some effort. They're going to require some development.
2: Yes. But I think we really need to celebrate this stage because it's our place of vision. You know, uh, we've got to recognize we perish for what? Uh, When we don't know, that's not the scripture Uh, where there is no vision the people perish. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to realize, even with children, a lot of times we can bring all our wisdom to the table to say, you have no idea what you're talking about. No, let yeah. them dream. Yeah. And God lets us dream. And then once we're dreaming and we start pursuing that dream, then we'll get to the next stage. But let's really celebrate vision. And uh, you know, it's people dream when they go to get married or when I'm going to have a baby or whatever. In life, it's dreaming that propels us forward. So yeah. we we really want to celebrate it even though we are unaware that we're incompetent to walk this thing out in maturity or in fullness the fact is the dreaming gets us in the race yeah
1: yeah i actually love um there's a certain time in childhood it's it's you know like that 3 to 10 year old where there's just full of discovery they're just they just want to discover new things and they're not worried about whether they're good at it whether they're bad at it they're just exploring and discovering um before kind of things kind of knock you, knock you down a little bit but actually i love that stage and as you're talking i um, can just kind of think that sometimes I hear, um, maybe maybe adults not not as much with kids, but adults talk about the dreams, and I'm thinking you have no idea, and you know <laughs> I, I kind of want to be that dream smasher enough to hold my tongue to just let them be in that stage of discovery and adventure and uh, exploring. So it is a really special, uh, important, valuable stage. And uh,
2: life happens. Yeah. we'll get the education. Yeah. We're yeah. going to go through this learning model. It's yeah. just a part of the process. We don't have to ask for it. We don't have to plan for it. It's just going to come. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, I remember when I was 18 years old and I moved to Washington DC and I was going to change the world. And I was this little country girl going to Washington, DC. I mean, I, I went in there with such passion, with such
1: excitement,
2: and I was willing to give up, show up, do everything just to see that dream fulfilled.
1: I think that's a place we find we all find ourselves in at some point of um, we're going to do it. We're going to conquer the world. And then we realize, oh, wait, <laughs> this might be harder than I thought. But I think it is important to be in that stage of being bad at something um, because that's what really gives you the, the grit and the, the courage and the skill to uh, even enter into the next stage.
2: Yes, because right now, until we don't know what we don't know, mm-hmm. as you said earlier, so we just don't know what we have to develop to see that vision or that dream become a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, you you plan on getting married, you get married, you have no idea what you're going to face until you face it. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have a baby. Isn't this wonderful? You, you are incompetent at that point in time until you have that experiential reality Mm -hmm. and you step into that second phase of competencies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember, uh, this was a long time ago, but my, my dad would always tell me there would be this guy in the service. Whenever someone talked about marriage, he was the one that was always saying, amen, amen, amen. And like really getting into it, but he wasn't even married. Yeah. (laughs) So it was kind of like he was in a place of Not truly understanding the dynamics of it, but he was all in it, you know, and excited about it or uh, maybe even thought he knew. All uh, about haven't it.
2: you heard some of the greatest counsel about marriage from people who aren't <laughs> married,
0: <laughs> or <laughs> having kids, or whatever? Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Let me let me tell you how to do this, right? <laughs> yeah. But but it's so awesome to dream, and so uh, awesome to have vision. God wants us to have, you know. He uh, before God did anything, He saw it. He knew it. It was conceived in his heart. And we were chosen in him before the foundations of the world. We were a dream in his heart. I'm so glad for that. Mm
0: -hmm. So you were saying that this is an important stage, right? Mm -hmm. So I, over the years, I've seen people kind of get stuck in that stage. So like, what are some of the reasons why you think someone might remain in that stage without really progressing past that?
2: Um, I, I don't, Think they will remain in that, okay, unless they are living with magical thinking or fantasy. That is different than having a real vision or a real dream. Mm -hmm. But some people will fantasize, and so they'll live in a fantasy world or magical thinking when this happens, when I win the lottery, this is going to happen, or whatever. So they They're not really... So it's
0: a separation from reality. Correct. Okay.
2: But when I'm talking about the dreaming stage of this journey to competency, it is like real legitimate dreams of what I can become, what can be. And so those are the dreams that are really, really important to have.
1: Don't you think, though, at some... Sometimes someone does have a dream and it's such a dream it's like really so rooted, they've made it part of their identity that when someone comes at them with feedback, perhaps, or um, with maybe a reality check, and they just refuse to believe it because they're determined to stay in their dream. Like, I can see how um, someone could kind of get stuck there just because they are so in their own bubble that they don't even want to receive the fact that they might be unconscious (laughs) of something.
2: Yes, and I think that's because when the second stage comes knocking at the door, Mm -hmm. they don't want to answer it. Yeah. And, um, but... They will be there and never accomplish anything. Yeah. But you can't Or they will expect somebody else to do it for them yeah. in a lot of ways or try to gather. Or they'll people think that they're a form.
1: victim, like everybody is, you know, mistreating them or um, you know, dream smashing them, when in reality they kind of need some of those outside perspectives to speak in.
0: So what you're saying, you need those things to actually move past that. You need <laughs> it, outside influence. You need Uh, people speaking into your, you know, your reality, if you're going to move past that unconscious incompetent?
2: Um, I mean, we can discover that ourselves, but it reminds me of Joel, you and I, we would sit, we were visionaries, right? We would just say, we're going to do this and this and this, and we talk about it. And then dad, my husband, <laughs> uh, he he would come in and he would bring the reality to the table. And mm-hmm. what will we call him? Dream smasher, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so, because we didn't want our dreams smashed. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, we all came to a point where we recognized, guess what? We're going into stage two now, which is the storming stage. And this is where we become consciously aware of our incompetence. Mm -hmm. That's when we face the reality of, yeah, this is a great dream, but I personally do not carry the competency for that dream to become a reality.
0: Well, I, I was thinking one of the reasons that we could get stuck in it is we're always staying in the dreaming and not doing. Because once you actually Correct. do, yeah. you're going to have I'm, that reality check for yourself.
2: Yes, that storming stage is going to come in. But if you never start step doing. out and
0: do something, if it's always in, like, in your mind, um, in the processing stage, and you don't actually you know step out and do something you're not going to have the reality or experience the reality for yourself
2: and i think sometimes some people might not step out because they are very internally aware that they don't have all the competencies to see that dream become a reality and they're afraid to step in to the storming stage yeah they are afraid to acknowledge that yes, I am incompetent, I am incompetent in this. But <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to stay stuck in this place of incompetency. Yeah. But yeah, we really have to. Uh, isn't it true? Uh, the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. So when we're not afraid of the storm, not afraid of the exposure to ourselves or to others that were incompetent, my goodness, what do I do with you guys all the time? I have no clue how to do that. Either you're going to have to teach me or you're going to have to do it because I can't do that. And I have leaned on you guys and other millennials and Gen Xers on, on how to do things because I was completely incompetent. But did I really want to develop some of those competencies? No, but I wanted the dream to come to pass. Mm-hmm. So I was willing to pay the price to develop those competencies so that my dream could become a reality. I think that's
0: an I think what you said there is another way that someone can get stuck in that first stage is not willing to pay the price of it. Correct. So if if you have this dream but you're not willing to pay the price, sacrifice for it, you're never going to move past into that, what you said, storming stage.
2: And this is where a lot of people feel like, I'm not good enough, I'm not Mm -hmm. smart enough, I don't have enough education or knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, I can never do this, I can never do that. And that just leaves them being defeated. And honestly, God can put a dream in the heart, but if uh, if it's a level of shame about our identity or it's just believing lies that we can't get through this storming stage. You know, it it could really cause someone to feel very, very defeated. But what does the Bible say? We know in part, and mm-hmm. we prophesy in part. Nobody knows it all. Mm-hmm. There isn't a person on the planet who has a dream that isn't going to step into the storming stage where they recognize that they are incompetent. Yeah. It's just, what do we do in that stage? So this stage, I believe, is where we get tripped up. Yeah. This is where we will quit or throw the towel in
1: or pay a price. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of to your point, the it's important to say that this four-stage process, this isn't an identity issue. Right. This is every, every person, every human being is going to go through this process over because and sometimes, over, yeah, over and, and over and over. <laughs> it's not like we arrive at it. That's right. Because if we believe that this is our identity, that um y- when you realize you're not good at something, that means that you are not good, you are a failure, you'll never get, it, then you're taking this on as your identity and you're really gonna hinder yourself from growing and developing as we all should be all the time doing. It's kind of what you're saying is
0: it's important to understand that incompetency is part of the process.
1: Yeah. It's normal. It's natural. It's good. It's healthy. It doesn't make you a bad person or less than because you are growing and maturing. We all should be doing Why do
2: we send our children to school? Yeah. Why do we educate them? so they can develop the skills of developing competencies. Why do people go to college or trade school or, you know, gain education or go through a training class or come to church to learn and to grow is because there's things I don't know. There's things I don't understand. There's skills I have not developed. And, And so, when we recognize that and recognize it's a part of the process, then we're not going to step into what you talked about, that false identity or a place of shame. But we're going, hey, this is, hey, isn't it fun to learn? Isn't it fun to grow? And and if we can just look at this stage, um, and honestly, I've done some things that i had to develop to do what God called me to do. And it wasn't fun because I didn't feel like it was in my wheelhouse, but that didn't mean, you know, like I'm never going to be a YouTuber or this great big podcaster, but I've had to learn to make podcasts and I had to learn to make YouTube videos and nobody would ever hire me to do it, Mm -hmm. but I've developed enough competencies, you know, to do it. But I really... I didn't even enjoy the process, but I knew that it was necessary. So it's not, it can be fun. Education can be a lot of fun. But sometimes learning certain skills aren't always fun to
1: learn them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'd say most of the time they're not. <laughs> yeah. uh, I
2: remember now, I, I don't think, I, did I ever drive with you and teach you how to drive? I know I was in with Rebecca already and uh, I knew she would be, she was real nervous learning to drive, you know, when she first got in there. And then I said, oh, Stephen, you got to take care of this. You know, this is too much pressure on me because, you know, you got people, kids with no driving competency. You got to teach them in the car
0: driving. I think I was the opposite. I think I was confident. Too confident. Maybe. (laughs) That's why I had a few wrecks when I was younger.
2: So you learned, okay, I got to get better at this driving thing. I remember that now. Or
0: not make dumb choices. (laughs)
1: My dad put us in the car. The first thing he said was, this is a killing machine. Uh So... (laughs) Let us right into feeling so
2: confident. (laughs) (laughs) I love the scripture in 1 Corinthians 8, 2, where it says, the one who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. Yeah, and so that's the place. You know, here we are. We have a dream, but we don't yet know it. And then when we start recognizing that we are incompetent in those things, we recognize it's just a part of life. Right. I mean, the Bible even addresses these things. Mm -hmm. You know, as new more newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, they may that they may grow thereby, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a part of life process. And so I think we've kind of talked a little bit about how we can get stuck there is when we embrace it as an identity issue or we start believing lies and fear comes in to try to shut us up, shut us down and cause us to pull back to where we don't press through this storm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just an example I thought of with that was if you you know we probably all have all seen a child at some point they're in school they're struggling in a subject and Uh, then they don't want to go to school because they feel like that's good they can't do it it's you know it's they're not good enough it's embarrassing why can't they keep up with their peers that kind of a thing Uh, and then you know any good parent is going to say you're just learning you're just growing you're just developing and they may never become that A plus student in that subject. But that B, that, you know, <laughs> that, that B minus, like B
0: or <laughs> B or C,
1: you know, that might be their level best as they're growing and maturing. So maybe in another subject, they are that A plus student. But it's also recognizing that this stage, I, I believe this storming stage is when we're going to kind of see where that effort and that learning and that developing is really gonna cause us to excel in that area, but it also can show us some areas where yes, we're still mm-hmm. gonna have to work at it. We're still gonna have to um, put in the process of developing it. But it we may ever, we may only ever hit a B minus in that area. So, this is a really valuable stage in kind of figuring out where we should be investing our time, effort, energy, dreams um, in different areas of life.
2: So, we can look at it and say, uh, is this dream something that I'm called and gifted to develop those things? Yeah. Uh, or it's also, is this a stage to reveal to me? what I should develop. So yeah. it's it's like learning ourselves and learning our skills. And I think this is where we have to be very careful that we don't compare ourselves to someone else. Because I could look at you and say, man, Joel, you're so good at making these podcasts. And it's like, I want you to come over to my house and do all the audio EQing stuff, you know, <laughs> and, which you don't do for me. But um, <laughs> but it's just like, I just, that skill is not there. And I tweak it. And the more I try tweaking it, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) making it better, the worse it gets. So you graciously set a Joel thing for me. A template or Yeah, something. So whenever I mess it up really bad, I just go back to the Joel setting, you know, (laughs) and uh, I kind of just got to live with that. But, you know, it's like in those places where you you just have to acknowledge, God, have you called me to do this? Is this a part of my purpose, a part of my destiny, a part of my skill set? I took voice. Voice lessons, you know, for two years, I took voice lessons. Joel would never want me singing on the worship team. <laughs> he doesn't want me clapping, you know, or anything, you know? <laughs> so it's just, it's not something I'm gifted or skilled or called to do. I sing all the time to the Lord, <laughs> but not to do as far as on stage in a worship team or for anyone else necessarily to hear me. And that's not a place where I compare myself with a good singer. I just recognize that's that's not who I am and that's yeah. okay. There's other things that I'm gifted to do. Yeah,
1: I think this phase can be one of the hardest, most painful phases yes, because exactly. it is a reckoning of of what you thought may be and what the reality is. Um, But I think it really can also be one of the the kindest phases um, because it really does help us Mm. to see where we actually are. Uh, I kind of think of the the old American Idol uh, auditions when someone comes in and they're convinced that they're a good singer. Maybe their mom and dad told them their whole life, (laughs) you're a great singer, you know, chase your dreams. And then they get in front of these professionals. The professionals are going honey this is not you got some work to do <laughs> this is or and you know and sometimes they would say you know and and out of kindness they would say go develop another skill this mm-hmm. is not your lane but sometimes they would say there's something in there um keep developing it keep working at it and come back and so i think that feedback is so valuable and so important in this phase because it does kind of help you to determine um what those areas are that you should be developing and the ones that you kind of realize like i remember listening to a podcast and um this this boy he was really really into basketball and one day his dad just came to him and said son you're never gonna (laughs) (laughs) and you know we might hear that and say oh my gosh he's putting down his son but it was out of it was out of love it was out of kindness he was saying son you're, you're five, don't, six. Invest, <laughs> you <know? Yeah.
0: laughs> don't invest all your time yeah. into this.
1: Yeah. Like you're, you're five, six and a half. You're never going to be LeBron James. Like, it, <laughs> And so it really is a really hard and painful stage, but it can be one of the, the best things that can happen to us when we're kind of working these things out.
0: One of the things that I would add to what you were saying is I think one of the dangers of this, this stage or this level is comparison. Yes, it is. Because at this point, if you look at someone who's great at this particular area that you're trying to develop, it can be really disheartening because you're like, I don't see how I could even get to that place. And, and maybe you never will. But if you, how, how can I put this? If you... If you think you need to be at your destination where you're at now, there's only going to be frustration. Right. So this stage, you have to understand that this is, I got to make the next step. And then once I make that step, I got to make the next step. But if you think that you are going to arrive at your destination in one step, it's going to produce frustration and disappointment Disappointment, and maybe even cause you to quit.
1: Yeah.
2: That takes me back to my original illustration, how at 18, I moved to DC, you know, I was going to change the world. It did not take but two days going through <laughs> orientation at the FBI. Uh, I thought, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? And then I had just a couple days to find an apartment and like, how do you do that? I never <laughs> rode the Metro before. I mean, it was just like, and you're I, all realized, yeah. I realized I was a fish out of, of water. Now it didn't stop me, but the fact was I was hit in the face with everything I did not know how to do yet. Yeah, And, and so it, it, I, I was, uh, I was like really amazed at what I didn't know, or how I didn't know how to navigate certain things, or who to call, or what to do, or how to get there. It was. It, I look back and it's kind of funny now, but then it was like, oh my gosh, I'm in this big ocean and I've never swam before. You know, it yeah. was it, it was a unique experience. But so that was that, a stage
0: where you had to confront fear, uh,
2: and I had to determine going back is. This my dream. Mm. Is this what I'm supposed to do? Do I
0: really want to do this? Do yeah. I
2: really want to do this? And I did. Yeah. And so knowing this was something I had to process through was a thing that helped me get through the storming stage. Mm-hmm. And the storming t- stage, as you said, Joel, is not a day or two, or you know, you might face it every day for quite a while until you have a lot of the bugs worked out of this stage. Yeah. And that's what leads us to the next stage.
0: Well, before we go there, I was thinking we were watching a football game the other week and, and, and there was someone, I'm not going to say any names, but there was (laughs) someone in there kind of yelling at the players for doing a silly thing. And I was thinking, what if you were out there, (laughs) like, how bad would that look like I don't know. I just thought
2: it's a whole lot easier to be a spectator than a participator, yeah, yeah. isn't it?
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know how that fit in, but I thought of it as we were talking about it of how sometimes we can be really judgmental of mm-hmm. someone that's really at the top of their field, and we're sitting on the couch yeah. saying, You idiot. You know?
2: It's true. That I mean, that's a very that's an important point to bring to pass or to communicate, because when you look at someone who has really paid a price to get to where they're at and we're critical Mm -hmm. of them because we are comparing them with someone else that we think is better than them. I mean, how destructive is that?
0: Or looking from the sidelines and say, you should be doing this or you should be That's doing right. this. And you don't know the, the, the journey that that person went through. Well, That's it's right. kind
1: of that unconscious, incompetent person uh-huh. trying to direct the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. They, You don't know and you're trying to, you know, lead, lead the ship and... Um, it's just not anybody with any kind of competency is going to look at that and say, well, bless their heart. They don't know right. what they're doing.
0: Exactly. I think that's one of the strengths of our team is like, if there's an area that we have no idea what we're talking about, we let the person that does yeah. take the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if we have someone come in that really has a gifting in something, we give them the the authority to mm-hmm. lead and to function in that thing because... You know, if we try to lead in something that we're not very good at, we're we're not going to lead in a great direction. Yeah. Or,
1: we know the areas where we are consciously incompetent. Mm-hmm. And if that's something we are developing, that's great. If it's an area where we say, well, I'm probably never going to be as good at this as you are, then we let them lead in that area.
0: That's scary because a lot of times leaders are like, because I'm the leader, I should have my hands in everything. And it could just get really messy that way. Allow the people that have the gifting to lead. I'm not saying that we can't speak into things, but if we're speaking from a place of ignorance, I don't know how effective that is either.
1: Yeah. Again, it's that reckoning of realizing that even though, yes, I'm the leader, um, I may need to kind of farm out some of these areas in order to actually be the best leader and not have that control over everything, everything which I think, again, comes back to identity. If I think I have to be in control of everything, mm-hmm. um, then it, it's an identity issue. You're not willing to it kind of embrace or accept that you may be, you're a conscious incompetent in some areas. You may need help. You may need other skill sets, other voices coming in and speaking into that. And
2: now that we're on leadership, a topic I love, is that if that leader tries to manipulate and control the person with greater skill, they will literally shut down that person. So for instance, I I say, Katie, I really want you to do that. You're really skilled at this. I'm not. I want you to do that. That's great for a leader to do. Mm -hmm. But then I have to give you the authority. Yeah and the freedom to do it without me having all these ties to you trying to control how yeah. you do it when I don't even have the skills to do it. Yeah. It would be like me telling Joel, well, you have to sing the songs I want you to sing and you have to do this and you have to do this and this is how I want you to lead your team when I don't have any of those skills to lead a worship team mm-hmm. or to lead worship or to sing or to play an instrument. So I think as leaders, if we're talking about life exchange here and and recognizing what we are incompetent in, celebrate those that are competent, but give them the freedom and the the reins to be able to do that. Just loosen the reins and let them run.
1: And I think a good leader is going to recognize in the people that they're leading, like say we do give someone the reins, you have to also recognize that they are in this cycle as well. Yes, They are still learning and developing. And so maybe Very you good. give them the reins. That means that you're also giving them, you're taking the risk that they may mess up in their developmental process as they're becoming consciously incompetent and getting into the next phase of developing that competencies. So... Just because you are being that good leader and handing some things off to other people, you also have to give them the grace that they're also in this process.
2: Well, do you remember years ago, what was it, eight, nine years ago when you started working and you said, you were calling me all the time, you know, to ask for permission because that's what you thought you had to do. Yeah. And I said, just do it. You don't have to ask permission. And then you said, well, what if I do something that you don't want me to do? And I said, well, if you do that, we'll talk about it. Yeah. And... So it was like allowing you, just what you said, allowing you the freedom to even make a mistake or to do something that maybe I won't have done or maybe it wouldn't be the best thing, but then we'll talk about it, you know? We're yeah. not going to fall off the earth, you know? <laughs> you know, Everything isn't going to fall apart if we make a mistake. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think we're all a work in progress. And so I think as a leader, we have to allow people to explore what they carry mm-hmm. and to be able to go through this whole process yeah. as well. Yeah.
0: Now, one of the roles of a leader that is incompetent in certain areas is to be that vision holder, right? Because they might they could still speak into is this are we still hitting the target that we're going after yes yes so they might not get their hands in the nitty-gritty of things right um but they could still speak into hey i feel like we're missing the mark here and then point point us back to this is the goal this is Very the vision good. this is where we're going so i think there is a role for the leader to speak into things that they might not be competent in but recognize sometimes you have to give the control to allow them to express it in the way that they know how to, but still making sure that we're still aiming and pointing at the overall vision.
2: So as a leader, I'm not coming in and telling you how to do whatever with your skills, your abilities Mm -hmm. and your competencies, but I love how you said that, but to make sure we're all going in the same direction.
0: And where the leader can speak up and say, I feel like we're missing the mark. I feel right. like we're not, we're um, we're veering off of the overall goal of what we're trying to accomplish.
1: It's kind of like, though... Um, I have a lot of autonomy in what we do here at the church and the Mm -hmm. ministry. Um, If I would say, "Okay, guys, now we're going to open a bakery (laughs) and we're going to put all of our time and effort and energy into opening a bakery," you would then come in and say, say, "No, we don't want to open a bakery." That's you know a very great dream, but that does not fit our vision here. That doesn't fit the direction. So you can kind of is that kind of what you are saying? Kind of steering the ship in the right direction. That
2: was a very good analogy because I don't eat <laughs> baked goods at all. So. Nor do you bake. <laughs> I don't bake. I don't cook. I don't do any of these things. No, that's, that's very, very good.
1: So to kind of bring us back, we're, we're talking about the second stage uh, in this cycle of developing competencies that unconscious, that uh, conscious... Incompetent, yes. Conscious incompetent. And uh, it can be the scariest phase. It can be the most painful phase at times. Um, But it's also our place of power of deciding what we're going to do from there. Um, Are we going to pay the price? Are we going to press through the pain of that um, conscious incompetence and get to our next phase, which is?
2: So the first two phases, I'll just recap to put them together. First is the dreaming stage where I'm unconscious that I might not have those competencies. But then I go to the second stage, which is the storming stage, where now I become very consciously aware that I'm incompetent in certain areas. So how, what is the best way to respond to this if we know this is our vision. This is what we're called to do. This is what God has put in our heart to accomplish. And that is going into the forming stage. This is where we start to develop the competencies. So this is the place of discovery. It's a place of understanding. It's the place of apprehending and developing those skills. It's a place of maturing and growing and advancing and increasing. Uh, and so, in fact, we're facing something in in uh, you know, the staff right now that you're going to take on a new task. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you might not be totally competent yeah. in that area right now, but, but you're going to develop those things till you come to a place of understanding. Mm -hmm. So you're going into the forming stage, whether that's a part of your life or the rest of your life or not, you're developing a competency so that the dream and the vision can move forward because you recognize that is needed at this point in time. And so when we're willing, and this is where uh, Joel said earlier, doing something, with it because the fact is now I realize I'm incompetent. So now what am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to learn? How am I going to grow? And so- uh, going back to my DC analogy, it was uh, getting on the phone and then we had to use a phone phone. We didn't have cell phones, <laughs> phone. but we had, you, had to, you had to meet with people. You had to get on the phone. You had to get, do you have the processes? You know, you just had to gather the information that you needed and begin to make one step upon one step, yeah. you know, line upon line, here a little, there a little, gain this understanding, gain that understanding, step out. Ooh, that didn't work out very good. Let me try this one. And and you just begin to go on a journey to to develop the competencies that you need. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that could look like um, finding a mentor. I think curiosity in that stage is important. You have to ask a lot of questions um, because you've now recognized that I'm not good at this. This is an area I want to develop. So what do I do? I ask the questions. uh, I learn. Uh, It's a very humble stage, um, whether it's research, reading, um, watching videos, watching people that are good at it. Uh, Joel, you were just saying beforehand, you were listening to some professional podcasters and kind of trying to pick up some things um, from them because you're always looking to get better in this area. For
2: sure. Going back to my DC example, I'm really glad you brought up that about mentorship because that is so, so important because who has that skill, who has that knowledge mm-hmm. and gaining, asking the questions, being curious, in- inquiring. And there was two agents, I, I worked for two agents and those two agents literally, because they knew- a country girl come into the city, mm-hmm. needed some help. When and you say two
0: agents, I don't know if some people know what you're talking about. Two FBI, about. FBI yeah, agents. So that, you work for the FBI. Yeah,
2: yeah. I work That's for the okay. FBI, and they were the two agents that I worked for. Okay. And so they took me under their wing, and they said, Here, Melody, do this. Why don't you step out, check out this. Well, this is a good way. And they started giving me, they didn't do it for me, but they gave me direction markers. And then I could go to them and say, well, this is what happened. This is what turned out. I couldn't get in that apartment. He goes, well, why don't you try over here? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just different things. And, you know, they were just so protective here country girl in the city <laughs> if i was 5 minutes late for work they were checking up on me i could not be late for work yeah. i would never have been late for work but so these mentors you know whether we have them in skill sets, whether we have them spiritually, whether we have them relationally. That's what counseling is about. That's what support systems are about. Uh, That's what friendship is about. All those things coming together that we can learn from one another. That's all a part of the forming stage.
0: So is this the stage where we need to pull others in? Because I know a lot of times people can, especially in the information age, right? We feel like we can figure it out on our own. But would you say that? it's really beneficial for someone to pull people in during this stage rather than just try to figure it out themselves?
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Elijah had, I mean, Elisha had Elijah, right? Uh, Timothy had Paul. I mean, you just go through the Word of God. There were spiritual fathers, right, that were investing in and helping others to grow and mature and to develop. And and that is just so important because not going to get in the whole spiritual fathering and mothering thing now, but that, that is so important. So what did I do with you? Okay. I had to come up with a YouTube channel that, that was my first counsel. Okay. (laughs) If you're going to do this, you need a YouTube channel. So how do I do that? And I remember, Joel, you did not do it for me, but you send me a bun- bunch of links. You know, how do you do this? How do you, you know, and, and here, this is how you upload a video to YouTube. And you just send me a whole bunch of links. And I went to those links and I opened them up and I went step by step by step. And then I had, I remember going to the dictionary. What does that word mean? You know, <laughs> it was technology information, which I didn't understand. And, um, and when I'd get stuck, I'd let you know, and you'd send me another
0: link. Would you say that there is a hindrance if you just try to do it yourself in this stage? I know people can be very... Is it is it autonomous? Is that the correct word? Autonomous. To do it on your own. Yeah, to do it on your own. Um, some people are very much like that. So would you say that's uh, negative or would you say I maybe... Think-
1: I think mentorship or this stage can really come in maybe two sides. I think mentorship can be that person that's walking with you, that's speaking into your life, that's helping you along the way. I think those are those are always good for us to have. But I think in this humble learning and developing stage, that mentorship may also be me asking one question. I remember telling someone this. I said, um, look at a role model that you have. Whether, they could be a celebrity they could be, a pastor they could be, anybody that you see that's good at something, send them a message just asking them one question. You're not trying to develop a relationship with them. You're not trying to um, have them speak into your life. You're just asking them one question. And then when you get that one answer, then heed that advice. So That to me is a more autonomous side of mentorship in that you are doing most of the work, but you're still gleaning. Well, I would say that's every
0: mentorship, right? Because I don't know if it works if the mentor's doing all the work. Yeah.
2: And and that's true. They're there. They're the support system. They're the ones that will plant a seed of knowledge. And then what you do with that knowledge, what you do with what they invest into you is autonomous. Yeah. Because really no one can walk out. I don't care who we are, if we're married, have 15 kids, the fact is we can't walk out our destiny or somebody else cannot walk out our destiny for us. Mm-hmm. All of us have to be willing to pay the
0: price. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Talking about blind spots. Correct. Because, I mean, you can watch every video on YouTube that teaches you everything, but they're not going to reveal your blind spots. And that's why I think it's important to bring those that actually have experience in a field, if you if it's available, um, for them to speak into your life and for you to be open to it, because they're going to see things within your life that no YouTube video is going to be able to see. Exactly, that's very good.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm coming at it more from the angle of yes, within in areas of relationship or character or even t- even skill, um, but. Like, I also could watch a YouTube video and realize very quickly that I <laughs> I have blind spots. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what I'm doing because this this video is way over my head. So maybe it's just the autonomous part of me. but like i I can see how you can definitely develop competencies on your own.
0: I guess when I mean blind spots, I'm more talking about maybe character yeah. issues, yeah. than necessarily informational yeah. lack of information because, like I said, we live in an information age where we can right. uh, gather those things. I, I guess if we're talking about leadership, if we're talking about... I mean, this is a church podcast, I guess you could say, like spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. You know, there it's kind of hard to see blind spots right. that are beyond just an informational stage. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think you look at it, if we're dealing with character, if we're dealing with spiritual growth, that's why he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, what for the perfecting or the maturing of the saints. So in areas of our life, we need someone speaking into our life. You do it with your kids all the time, don't you? Mm -hmm. You know, they might do something and you'll say, hey, do you realize that was a really selfish attitude right there? Or Mm -hmm. do you realize when you said that that was really ungrateful? Or, you know, when you did that, that was just so beautiful, I'm proud of you. Keep working on that, you know, whether it's exposing something that needs to be dealt with in a negative sense or seeing a gift that they might not see mm-hmm. uh, either way, we need people speaking into our potential as well as corrective. but when it's really all said and done, it's what we do with that that will form it on the inside of us because I've have. You know, I do have spiritual fathers and, you know, individuals who have spoken my life to this day. I'm, I'm old and I got other ones who speak. I have younger ones speak <laughs> into my life. and But I do love learning. I do love growing. But the fact is, I recognize that if I'm not willing to get out there and work the thing, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll never develop it. Yeah. And, and that isn't always fun. Yeah. You know, it, it isn't. And, but it is, this is the forming stage. Cause if they say, if you're going to build a house, not everything in building that house is fun to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But our goal is we're going to build this house.
0: Yeah. So there's two extremes that you need to confront expecting someone to do it for you. Correct. Is one extreme, which doesn't work. Right. Or just doing it all on your own strength, on your own ability, which can be effective to some extent, but. Not, Overall, it's you know I think well when we were talking about mentorship, I think since this is life exchange, I think being in community re- reveals yes. a lot of those things as well too. Yes,
2: and I agree. You cannot do it all yourself because once again, we know in part, and we prophesy in part. We don't know everything, so we do need people speaking into our life. I don't think we were ever created to do life independently.
1: Well, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, even in like a research field, um, someone that is developing a new area of research, they might be doing a lot of the work autonomously pulling from um, the research and the studies and the experiments of others, but kind of doing it on their own. But if they create something new and never introduce it into their field at large, it's never tested in a bigger group. It's never, mm. um, it's never brought to the to the table for others to speak into. That's a really, really dangerous place to be. Mm. So, even though you might be doing a lot of things on your own, it does eventually have to be pulled into where other people are speaking into it. Otherwise, you're risking your knowledge being the top and learning really quickly that you you missed a lot of things. You missed a lot of the marks.
0: That's why scientists write science papers or yeah, uh, articles. Journals and yeah. So that their peers can evaluate it. Yeah.
1: I also think in this stage self awareness is really huge. Yes. Um because um like I, I if I want to grow in an area, that's what this area is, is that developing competence. If I want to grow in an area, then if I'm listening to a podcast or a book or um, you know a lecture, or anything like that, um I have to be really self-aware of the areas where I'm weak and then be really conscious in developing those things. So um yeah, I just think this is where self-awareness comes into really massive play
2: and what's beautiful about this is we cannot go into the forming stage without growing mm-hmm. we will grow we will advance we will increase we will mature you you can't make steps forward without it bringing an impact in your life that doesn't mean we arrive at the ultimate destination mm-hmm. in fact i do not believe in a destination mentality unless we're talking about eternity with jesus yeah. you know that's our ultimate destination but the fact is as long as I'm living on this earth. I have not arrived to my destination. So it's all the little steps, all those little processes in our life that build us and advance us and increase us. And if we can celebrate, we don't wait till we, oh man, I'm the greatest YouTuber out there. You know, I will never get there because I really don't want to get there. (laughs) But, uh, but even if I could, that's just one little thing, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we'll probably never, ever get there, but recognizing that every step is a milestone. Every step is a victory. Every step is worth the investment. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm constantly growing, I'm constantly advancing and going back to your, your kids, Joel, I love that you have kids cause we can talk about them, but uh going back, when you see them grow, they haven't arrived. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Layla, she's 12 years old. She hasn't arrived. But I look at her and say, what a beautiful young woman she is. You know, her character, her nature, her servant's heart, her, her tenderness, you know, and I can just see all these things that she has developed because when she was two or three, she didn't carry those things, right? Or we didn't see them evident, but she's developed them and she's made a decision. Like she, she was, came over to the house and she saw the carpet was, was dirty and she grabbed the vacuum cleaner and vacuumed. And I thought that is, that's character right there. That's really a servant's heart. And, but she's 12 years old. She's a work in progress. Yeah. You know, there's so much yet that we're about to discover in the years, you know, that she's gonna carry. And so I think if just like we can do that for our kids or our grandkids, we've got to do that for ourselves. You know, celebrate every mile marker, celebrate every victory, um, celebrate everything we learn and we grow in. And, you know, I remember after 18 hours of my first YouTube video, man. I just put all work away and I chilled for a while and I just celebrated my first victory. I was exhausted. I celebrated <laughs> my first victory. But that I think if if we can celebrate this mm-hmm. process of forming knowing we will never arrive yeah. at some you know, magical destination where we, you know, we are smarter than everybody else and we've obtained all this stuff. No, this, remember this process we will go through throughout our entire life. So when I will go have a dream to do something, you know, with, in ministry or in my consulting company, I'm gonna to have to step out there and go, ooh, I've got to develop a whole new training for this one. Yeah. In fact, I just did it yesterday. <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, what they want is a whole new training. And I got it in me. I know I'm passionate about that, but I've got to develop it. Yeah. So the process of developing that is the forming of mm-hmm. that because it's one that I've never done before. Yeah. But when I get to the end of that, It'll just be another step until the next one I have to (laughs) develop.
0: So we talked about the forming stage. Yes, with anticipation, waiting to hear it. What is the final stage?
2: The final stage is where we are at the performing stage. Now we're doing it. Now we're using it. So once I develop that training, and I go and uh, I literally bring the training to this group of business leaders. When I do that, that's the performing stage because I recognize what I needed to research, what I have to do, what I have to develop. I do that. I Put it together, make the PowerPoint, do everything that I need in that developmental stage, you know, Mm -hmm. in the forming stage. Why? For the purpose to go out and release it and give it to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the performing stage is where we recognize. I am consciously aware that I'm competent to bring this to the table. And this is where it's fun. And this is where we look at people who've developed a competency and we go, wow, they are amazing. But you know what? They went through this whole process of the storm and the development to get to that. And so if we recognize they paid a price to get where they're at. Mm -hmm. And when I do that and I'm able to release that competency that I developed, it is so so fulfilling. This is when I'm really to impact my world. This is when I see the fulfillment of dreams mm-hmm. being made manifested in my world. But so it this took is a process the process to one. get there. It was yeah. a process to get there. And then once we're in the performing stage, I mean, you think Joseph in Egypt, Mm -hmm. he went through a lot of stages, right? But he ended up second in command in Egypt. You know, you, you look at Daniel, you look at, you know, Moses, I love the scripture. I don't have it written down, but the scripture, it says, this is somebody I trust talking Mm -hmm. about Moses this is the one I'm going to use. I trust him. So Moses paid the price to build trust so God could use him to perform what he needed him to perform at that time of history, to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and to pastor millions in the wilderness, you know, and to lead them uh, to a promised land. Mm -hmm. And, but there was this process going on repeatedly inside of Moses. And So I think that when we get to this performing stage, this is where uh, the doors can open. This is where we can say, hey, look at this opportunity. I know I have the ability to go through it. And one thing I've learned, whenever God opens up a door of opportunity, it's after we've gone through this process, because he is not going to open a door for us that we are not equipped and graced to go through. So when we've gone through this process, he goes, they're ready now. Uh, Okay, Joseph, you're going to Egypt now. Mm
0: -hmm. Whether we realize it or not, because sometimes an opportunity comes and you're like, I kind of feel like I'm incompetent in this, but that kind of speeds up the process a little bit. It can,
1: yes. Well, I think of Moses at first when the burning bush was speaking to him, Mm -hmm. and he's going, no, I'm not competent at all in this. And then slowly, you know, the, the, the staff turned into a serpent. He picked it up. Even there, it was beginning that process of developing the competencies, the confidence to where he could go before Pharaoh. Uh,
2: you think of Peter. He was like an open-the-mouth, insert-foot yeah. type of guy. And he ended up helping to establish the early church. Mm-hmm. You think, you know, the, uh, John, one of the Sons of Thunder, ended up being the apostle of love. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all in this amazing process of developing what God wants established inside of us so that He can fully and freely use us. And when we're in that place and we we know that we have paid the price and we've developed those things, then we have the courage to go through those doors. Then we have the courage to open our mouth. Uh, Then we have, you know, I love teaching things that I've taught for years because I don't even have to look at notes. It just bubbles out of me. That's when I know I'm competent in that area. Yeah, I've not arrived. Yeah, There's a lot more I can learn in it. But what I'm communicating to that point, I'm very competent in it because I've done it over and over and over and over and Mm -hmm. over. And it's so
0: much fun. So what are some areas that we develop competency? So one would be skills, right? Another would be internal, like character mm-hmm. and spiritual growth. Are there any ones that you guys can kind of pinpoint?
2: I think just growing in God. Yeah.
0: Knowing who he is, knowing his character.
2: And the, the more—okay— let me just take my life here. Here I was, you know, I went through these things, I believed all these lies. I lived in such shame, so God took me on this journey, and prior to that, I believed lies, but I didn't know they were lies, mm-hmm. right? I was a conscious incompetent, yeah. you know uh, i I thought the lies were truth, and then when he revealed to me, and he really did supernaturally revealed to me uh the lies I was believing it rocked me. I mean, fear hit me. It shook me up. It I was a mess. Uh because I realized that for years I was making decisions based upon lies, not based upon truth. You were
1: in that storming phase.
2: I was really in a storming yeah. phase. And um but I was also determined to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. So I spent a year and a half of allowing God to speak to me and gathering as much support as I could to confront those lies with truth. And when I got to the other side of that, I was able to stand before the church and tell the church, guys, let me tell you the shame I lived in. Let me tell you what happened to me when I was young. Let me tell you these things. And they're all like going, shoo, you know, their hand across their forehead. It's like, she She's not perfect. She's just, she was just as messed up as we are, you know. And they got all excited because they saw that Melody wasn't perfect because I was very good at putting on a front that I had it all together. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, I believed I did, but it was all lie based, you know. And so when God just revealed and I went through the storming stage and started developing and growing in God, then I came to the point where I could just be real and authentic and just pour it out to people giving them hope that, oh my goodness, if God can do that for Melody, he can do that for me. So that was a very quick way of going through those four processes. And, And when people see you courageously going through those processes and they recognize these processes, in fact, you might be listening to this right now and going, Oh yeah, right now I'm in the storming stage. Or right now, oh I'm in the dream, but I didn't even think about what I might not be competent at. Or, you know, you might just look at that. Oh man, yeah, now I'm I'm in Bible school and I'm really developing these skills. Or oh, I've got these mentors that are really helping me develop these things in my life. Or you might say, Yeah, I went through those processes how many times in my life, and now this is what I'm doing. And you can see those areas of competency. So uh we will go through this. And, and when we understand it, we're not going to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. We'll just you, partner with it.
0: When you look at spiritual growth, I think of the Word being a great revealer. Yes, it is. Holy Spirit, partnering with Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Um, if, you're, if you're not sure where you're at, you know, in your spiritual walk, in, in spiritual maturity, just reading the Word, inviting the Holy Spirit into that time, it, it's a great revealer.
2: Yes. I've received prophetic words it was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> and then when I'd go and think about it, it's like, "Oh my goodness," you know, and God used prophetic words to give me revelation about where I was at and and where he wanted me to go because he would reveal something, but he always gave us the dream right yeah. alongside of the things we needed to work on. So there's so much power in the prophetic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have one more thought. I, I was thinking about in in the skill realm, there's gonna be things that you'll never be competent in. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yes, it is. Um, I think in the in the character realm, in the maturity realm, I think we should always be striving Very or good. um pursuing maturity. Um, I think of my kids, you know, complaining about school. And one thing I'll tell them is some of this stuff you will never use in your lifetime. <laughs> that's fine. For me, this education is about building. Are you willing to press in? Are you willing to put in the time? Are you willing to focus? Are you willing to push past uh, frustration and discomfort? For me, that's a great lesson to learn mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. things like, especially in school. Like, <laughs> it's funny because with my kids, I I almost had to relearn some things again because Mm -hmm. I haven't used it. So uh, telling my kids, you know what, you may never use this, but it's more about building that character within you to press through, to uh, not give up uh, when you're frustrated or it becomes difficult. And I think that's been a great lesson for them. So character-wise, spiritual-wise, I think that is something that as believers, we need to Put effort into, um, but skills like some things you'll never need to be good at, and that's fine.
1: And I'd also say we're probably always in all four stages, just in different areas. Very good. So I'm it, this glad isn't you said like that. a cycle that is all encompassing. I could be in every stage in a different area. So maybe I'm in that forming stage in an area of character, and I'm in that what's the first the first, the dream, un, the dreaming stage in an area of skill. And, um, you know, it, it it's just always happening. And so it's just recognizing where we're at in which areas of our life, where we're developing, uh, and then just constantly just kind of nudging things forward to, to that growth process.
2: And if you are a leader, if you are a parent, wherever you're at, where you are influencing someone, really be a support for them in whatever stage they're at Mm -hmm. in this process as well.
1: Yeah. And just recognizing that we should always be lifelong learners. Even if you get hit that performing stage, there's still more ahead for you. Somebody just asked me, they heard that I've been in ministry for nine years and they said, oh, you should be a pro by now. And I said, the person that tells me they're a professional in ministry is in a lot of trouble. Like they're in a world of hurt because... You should never be in that place where you think that you've totally arrived. So we're always growing and maturing in God and in in our humanity.
2: So be strong and very courageous. God's got you covered. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.